Stampede. Garner is at number 96, recorded 5 2 2021. If you've been waiting for that manifest destiny you thought was going to be your future, well, it looks like it's not going to be coming to your house soon. In fact, keeping your garage door closed and drawing down the window shades, double bolting locks on your front door might be advised. No, America's destiny is not assured. Of course, when you're talking about a destiny, there are all different kinds, and they aren't all shining cities on a hill. Politicians want to tell you your destiny is bright, but then again, they can't be trusted when they're only interested with themselves and staying in power. They aren't really interested in you. Yeah. A destiny can be a tricky thing to figure out. How does that song go? 
if it wasn't for bad luck, I wouldn't have no luck at all, or something like that. It's close to saying bad luck and trouble are my only friend. So destinies don't have to end well. It's just that people have to be reassured. A politician is a little like going to a fortune teller who tells you what you want to hear and then sends you a bill for services rendered. You've got to be careful about dealing with destiny. You have to make sure when you're talking about it in a broad context, like the destiny of a nation. You have to make sure you aren't projecting your own personal concerns. You don't want to confuse what your life is with what is happening to your government or, for that matter, the educational system or the economic policies or the social societal norms. No, you don't want to confuse what you've become or what your destiny will be from the big picture of the destiny of your country. After all, you've been manipulated, controlled into being who you are, and your personal destiny can only be measured by how much you consume. Don't be concerned with the big picture. Just let that smartphone keeping you anesthetized.
Maybe you've forgotten where you belong. Well, don't worry about that, because you're being watched, listened to, and followed. That's part of the new destiny in this country. America the Beautiful has become America the Controlled. The ones at the top want to make sure they stay at the top. And what better way than to turn everything you do under their watchful eyes? Of course, it wasn't always that way in the past. People felt pretty secure and comfortable without being imposed upon. Those spring nights when you could walk on a sidewalk breathing the air of a scented breeze, the quiet, peaceful nights when you sat outside on your porch and felt everything was good. Yeah, well, those nights have been interrupted with the distant sounds of sirens and the smell of something burning. And you thought all you had to do was follow the rules and you'd be all right. All you needed to do was wake up get that cup of coffee, maybe a little bowl of cereal, kiss the little missus goodbye, and head off to work. Over the years, driving the car to work wasn't really much of a chore, but strange things started happening. It was that time when someone drove a truck through the front window of a 7-Eleven store, that's when it began, and, and things weren't right. Stopping to get gas at a gas station wasn't a problem. Prices for gasoline were always reasonable. But then again, there were those years when gasoline was hard to get. Refineries were plagued with fires and shutdowns. Then there were those wars in the Middle East with the rise of OPEC, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries. In the early 70s, there was the oil crisis. Gas went from 50 cents a gallon in 1973 to $5 a gallon, and even shortages with resulting rationing of gasoline and that was the first crisis. It happened again in 1979. Yeah, driving to work wasn't so easy back then. Things started to get all mixed up. You had inflation and deflation all at once. When you had a recession, interest rates were lowered to promote economic growth or stagflation and then record high interest rates.
Today, the interest rate that the federal government charges the commercial banks stands at nearly 0%. It is also the bond yields of U.S. Treasury obligations. If the interest rate rises, it'll cause the money our government is borrowing to increase. At this point, our government continues to service the debt by simply paying the interest on its obligations. Failure to do so would call it into default and, in effect, declare bankruptcy, ending the value of the currency we use. I think you get the picture. Our economic policy for 50 years as a debtor country has existed by lowering the interest rate our government has carried on its debt. It also has helped to encourage economic growth in the private sector. The big commercial banks are now receiving nearly free money, and they in turn lend it out to the public at 5, 10, 15 percent, and even higher. The squeeze is on. To raise interest rates, you choke off economic activity, the source of revenue by taxation for the government. Raise interest rates, and you increase the risk of the government defaulting on its debt. Of course, the effects of COVID-19 will be long-lasting. When you shut down human activity, you invariably cause disruptions in the economy. And this disease is a worldwide problem that isn't going to disappear soon. All sorts of statistics will be used to persuade people the government is still on sound footing. The government is trying to disguise what has happened by sending fiat money to everyone. And it should be clear, the paper money that is being sent out is in effect worthless and will only increase inflation. The restructuring of our government has begun. That's how we keep you young and fair in the very old land of Oz. Rub, rub, yeah, rub, rub, yeah, with your tin or bras. That's how we keep you in repair in the very old land of Oz. We can make a different smile or rub a frown. Can you even dye my eyes to match my dog? Uh-huh, jolly old time. Clip, clip, yeah, clip, clip, yeah, we give the brothers claw. That's certain 
pair of several fair in the merry old land of Oz. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, Well, we are certainly guaranteed a destiny. It just isn't what some of us have been promised. In the 1980s, Ronald Reagan saw our future like a shining city on a hill. Now, 40-some years later, that vision doesn't look like it's coming true. Of course, you can't blame Reagan for thinking that. He came from Hollywood. And when Dorothy... The Tin Man and the Man of Straw and the Lion all saw the Emerald City in the movie The Wizard of Oz. It really was nothing more than a dream of a nation, Dorothy's dream. So why couldn't Reagan have dreamed of a nation with a shiny city and a hill? It was all there for us to see. We just had to be motivated to get there. And what better way than to get to the shining city on the hill was to make Americans consume. Yeah, your dreams could come true. All you needed to do was to want more. The problem with that is nobody understood what that would make people do. For me, The Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz was creativity, not consuming. Unfortunately, a vast majority of Americans bought into the principle of economic consumerism. It was the promise of a better life. Just get more stuff and everything will get better. Well, it hasn't worked out that way. That value has led us to a very ugly place, and it sure as hell isn't a shining city on the hill. You see, you've been tricked, used like a modern-day slave to get more. It's prevented us from wanting to create and look and see what is beautiful. Instead, it's led us to greed, violence, deception, and corruption. The truth of the matter is, our government is bankrupt, and so are the values of consumerism. And whether you like it or not, your future is not assured. The ground you're standing on is giving way, and an earthquake is coming. And like Dorothy, we'll all want to find our way back home.
can rub my eyes And in that land beyond the skies You'll find me How we resolve our differences has a lot to do with who we are. Today, the men and women who work in the U.S. Congress are now required to pass through metal detectors. The fear is someone might enter carrying a weapon and kill their fellow leaders. No, our destiny is not the shining city on the hill that we were promised There are those that would say our species is inherently flawed, that the violence we see every day comes from who we are, that it's something within us. I know the closer to understanding who we are, the more we understand our differences. Making people believe we're all the same isn't true, and it won't work. But working toward acceptance, contentment, fulfillment are what will work. The artificial values that have been imposed on us to get more so we can build our economy has interfered with our sense of well-being. Our politicians say we must come together and be united when the system is saying I've got to get mine. The truth is, you've been used, twisted into believing the more you have, the better you'll be. We all want the Emerald City, the shining city on the hill. It's just a question of how we get there. We should be looking to create beauty, not consume. That's the value we should instill. Our destiny may never be achieved. It's an aspiration, a wishing well that can never be completely achieved. 
question is, who can we become? This world is a dangerous place, and we've made it even more so by demanding that we get more. Our differences aren't valued by how much we have. That's a false destiny. The collapse is coming because the dream was never true. The wind began to switch, the house to pitch, and suddenly the hinges started to unhitch. Just then, the witch to satisfy an itch went flying on a broomstick, thumbing for a hitch. And oh, what happened then was rich. The house began to pitch, the kitchen took a slitch, and landed on the wicked witch in the middle of a ditch, which was not a healthy situation for the wicked witch. The house began to pitch, the kitchen took a slitch, it landed on the wicked witch in the middle of a ditch, which was not a healthy situation for the wicked witch, who began to twitch and was reduced to just a stitch of what was once the wicked witch. We thank you very sweetly for doing it so neatly. You killed her so completely that we thank you very sweetly. Let the joyous news be spread. The wicked old witch at last is dead. Ding dong, the witch is dead. Witch old witch. witch. Wicked witch. Ding dong, the wicked witch is dead. Wake up, sleepyhead, rub your eyes, get out of bed. Wake up, the wicked witch is dead. She's gone where the goblins go, below, below, below your ho. Let's open up and sing. And ring the bells out, ding dong, the very old. Sing it high, sing it low. Let them know the wicked witch is dead. This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard two cuts from Ebb Tide, performed by Frank Shaxfield and his orchestra in 1953. Then Percy Faith's 1959 recording of the theme from A Summer Place, followed by Acker Belk's Stranger on the Shore, first released in 1961. Then a cut from the original movie soundtrack from The Wizard of Oz, 1939, in the merry old land of Oz. And again, another cut from The Wizard of Oz, an outtake rehearsal with Harold Arlen and E.Y. Harmberg. Rehearsal demo. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.